the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Earnestly seek to commend yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth with precision. We're glad you're joining us for today's program, A Word from the Word, with your host, Pastor Tom, who will unpack for us the richness and beauty of the Bible's original languages as they bear on key words and concepts from both Testaments. Our hope is that your walk with God will be strengthened and deepened, and both your understanding and application of God's Word will be enriched, and you'll be drawn to love it more and more each day. And now, here's Pastor Tom. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining me on A Word from the Word. Well, last time we began a new series for this new year called 2024, The Bible, What Is It Good For? In part one, The Bible, The Ultimate Influencer for Good, we laid a foundation to put to rest some of the unfortunate criticisms that have been leveled against the Bible, either out of ignorance, misinformation, or sheer animosity. We gathered facts from history, literature, art, music, education, philosophy, and other disciplines, calling them to the witness stand to testify to the Bible's positive influence on Western civilization and culture. We also elaborated on the erosion of truth and how truth is now so cavalierly being defined by the individual, in other words, becoming subjective, relative, and situational. Truth is no longer objective and absolute. We're no longer permitted to say there are truths right for all people, all times, and all places. Recall this quote by German philosopher Hegel. The only thing we learn from history is that we learn nothing from history. Well, today, friends, part two is called, Wow, God Published a Book? And if you missed part one, all podcasts are posted at faithtalk1360.com or spotify.com. Here, search for A Word from the Word with Pastor Tom or Apple Podcasts. Well, for many of us holding a traditional standard Bible in our hands, we may think it's a hefty book. Where do I begin reading? At what place do I start? Just how should I jump into this some 1,300-plus page book? After all, this book, this Bible, is really a single-bound library of 66 books all of them different in their own way, yet remarkably connected by a scarlet thread of redemption. In other words, the redemption of us humans becomes the overarching theme of the entire collection. Well, friends, let's enlist the help of Carol Smith and her book, The Ultimate Guide to the Bible. I've adapted her recap of the Bible being likened to modern cable TV shows. This might help us understand the Bible's various writing styles and audiences. 
if we correlate its vast library of books to themes in a host of modern cable TV station programs. I'm positive we're familiar with the fact that these days each station has a found its niche and fits their programming into thematic or style formats. Except for some traditional networks, cooking shows are now on cooking channels. Sports shows are mainly on sports channels, etc. So let's imagine for a moment that the books of the Bible were assigned to cable channels that mirrored their topics. How about we divide them up like this? Lifetime Television for Women. Here we'd have Esther, Ruth, and Song of Solomon. These would fit in well with chick flicks, you know, women's stories, problems, issues, and interests. Sci-Fi Channel or Psychic Friends Network. Here we'll place the prophets of the Old Testament and the Book of Revelation. However, there'd be nothing fictional or fake about them, no per-minute charges on their hotlines either. Rather, a variety of amazing visions and future like you wouldn't but can believe. Real TV or the History Channel. Here we'd put Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and the Book of Acts, all recording action, suspense, and adventure. Imagine being a filmmaker, camera in hand, darting behind each of these characters. Court TV. Here, let's enter the courtroom with the aid of the Book of Judges. We'll sit and watch every judge judge. Yep, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Advice TV. Here we'll offer Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, everyday wisdom to make everyday and important decisions. Of course, without the fights, weird clothes, or tearful confrontations. MTV or VH1. These networks could never match the matchless lyrics in the Psalms. What kind of spin could you possibly put on Psalm 18? Talk about special effects. A&E Biography Channel. Here the lineup would include the personal stories of Ezra, Nehemiah, Job, and from the Gospels, the personal life of Jesus. Lastly, CBN, TBN, etc. You know, Christian TV. Here we'll broadcast the New Testament letters as they come alive and give us the meat and potatoes. We'll portray real Christians dealing with real issues. Picture a talk show host interviewing the authors of these letters, putting a mic in front of them and just letting them go on their own tangents. Friends, believe it or not, the invitation and challenge of the Bible may be distilled down to a few key scripture verses, like 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. Sanctify, or set apart, Jesus Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense, or an explanation or reason, for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Like Proverbs twenty-two seventeen through 21 Extend your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your mind to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, so that they may be ready on your lips. So, that your trust may be in the Lord, I have taught you today, you indeed, have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge, to make you know the certainty of the words of truth, so that you may correctly answer him who sent you?
And finally, how about Second Timothy three twelve through seventeen? Indeed, all who want to live in a godly way in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but evil people and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God, or breathed out by God, and beneficial or profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable or proficient, equipped for every good work. You see, friends, the Bible has a story to tell us. Everyone who calls on Jesus will be redeemed or saved. Whoever places their trust and belief in Christ will not be disappointed. But just how are people to call on him whom they have not believed? And how are people to believe in him who they have not heard about? And how are people to hear without a preacher? Now, friends, that word preacher in Romans ten fourteen doesn't get the rest of us off the hook. Acts 1 says all of us are to be witnesses in our families, neighborhoods, cities, states, and our world. Paul continues on in Romans 10 with, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. And then adds, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word concerning Christ. Friends, part of our mission as Christ followers is clearing away obstacles for others who have been programmed by unfortunate criticisms against the Bible, either out of ignorance, misinformation, or just plain animosity. In his book, The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict, former atheist and skeptic Josh McDowell said, God often uses apologetics or evidence and I'll add reasoned defenses to help clear away obstacles to faith that many people erect, and also to show that faith in Christ is reasonable. The late Paul E. Little in his book Know Why You Believe said, Faith in Christianity is based on evidence. It is reasonable faith. Faith in the Christian sense goes beyond reason, but not against it. Friends, if you ever lived in an area where there is occasional or frequent fog, you know there were days when you couldn't see the car right in front of you. Here in Arizona, we have dust storms which do this very thing. It's not only frightening, but dangerous to drive in these conditions. If we want to see what's really there, we must remove or clear away what's obstructing or obscuring our view. Friends, what holds true in the natural realm sometimes holds true in the spiritual realm. Many people's understanding of the Christian faith or the Bible is often foggy and compounded by misconceptions or misinformation previously received and believed. Sometimes before people can see what's really there, we'll need to clear away the fog for them. In other words, give an answer or provide a reasoned defense of our faith, present concrete evidence in a persuasive yet respectful and gentle way. It actually helps to honestly ask ourselves, what makes the Bible unique and therefore defendable? Then seek out people or resources that enable us to learn the true facts about the Bible. Friends, the goal of this new teaching series is precisely that. And one way the Bible is unique and therefore defendable is its continuity from Genesis to Revelation, from the first book to the last book. 
For example, what is likely considered the secular counterpart to the Bible is the compilation of Western classics called Great Books of the Western World. It contains selections from more than 450 works by some 100 authors spanning a period of about 2,500 years. This compilation includes such notables as Homer, Plato, Aristotle, Augustine, Dante, Spinoza, Calvin, Rousseau, Shakespeare, Hume, Kant, Darwin, Tolstoy, and many others. And while it's true, these authors in this great series all share the tradition of Western thought, they still display an incredible diversity of views on pretty much every subject. Even though they share some common ground, they still represent conflicting and contradictory positions and perspectives as well. In fact, they frequently go out of their way to critique and refute key ideas held by those that have gone before them. Yet, friends, when we compare and contrast the Judeo-Christian compilation of writings known as the Bible, we readily discover that the Bible is a compilation of works of over 40 authors written over a period of some 1,500 years. Now, to the mainstream mind, the Bible's authors may not seem like notables, yet the Bible's authors represent just about every walk of life, from peasants, shepherds, fishermen, tax collectors, philosophers, and poets, to musicians, scholars, statesmen, military leaders, and kings. And an objective cross-section of the Bible's authors is rather unique because it includes their varied social and economic stations in life, their occupational settings, the time periods that separate their lives and writings, as well as the geographic distances that separate them. Friends, we might even conclude that at first glance, they too naturally display a diversity of viewpoints on just about every subject. Yet, despite these factors, there's an uncanny unified voice from Genesis to Revelation on every facet of human life and the solution to humanity's problems. Let's just consider a representative sampling of characteristics that make the continuity of the Bible so unique. Remember now, friends, the Bible was written by over 40 authors with diverse backgrounds. Moses, a political leader and judge trained in the schools of Egypt. Joshua, a military general. David, a shepherd, poet, musician, king, and warrior. Solomon, a king and a philosopher. Nehemiah, a cupbearer to a pagan king. A king's mother who inspired Proverbs 31. Isaiah, a prophet. Jeremiah and Ezekiel, prophets and sons of priests. Baruch, Jeremiah's scribe. Daniel, a prime minister. Matthew, a Jewish tax collector. Mark, the apostle Peter's secretary. The apostle Peter, a fisherman. Luke, a physician and historian. Paul, a well-educated Jewish rabbi and cultured man. James, a pastor and church council member. Well, friends, let's pause here. You're listening to A Word from the Word with me, your host, Pastor Tom. I value you as listeners, and A Word from the Word is listener-funded. Your financial partnership is vital to keep this program on the air, which also disciples Christians without a church home, and you who may have been hurt by the institutional church. Please join forces with me in A Word from the Word by emailing me for support details at a word from the word at minister.com. Friends, we're living in challenging financial times, and ministries are not immune. A word from the word is still seeking to become fully funded, and monthly supporters are greatly needed. We'll repeat this info at the end of today's program. 
Well, there's more, friends. The Bible was written in different settings. Moses wrote in the wilderness. Jeremiah wrote in a dungeon. Daniel wrote on a hillside and in a palace. Luke wrote while traveling. Paul wrote while in prison. John wrote while in exile on an island. The Bible was written during different times. David wrote during times of war and sacrifice. Solomon wrote during times of peace and prosperity. The Bible was even written in the midst of differing moods, heights of joy as well as depths of despair and sorrow, feelings of certainty and conviction, as well as feelings of confusion and doubt. The Bible was written on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. The Bible was written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And friends, the Bible was written with a variety of literary styles, poetry, historical narrative, didactic treatises, personal correspondences, memoirs, satire, as well as biographies, autobiographies, law, prophecy, parables, and allegories. The Bible addresses hundreds of controversial or debatable subjects like marriage, divorce, remarriage, parenting, the family, sexuality in all forms, obedience to authority, truth-telling, lying, character development, talents, the nature and revelation of God, sin, salvation, heaven, hell, suffering, depression, joy, and much more. And yet, friends, despite these diverse subjects, the Bible presents a single, unfolding story from Genesis to Revelation. And what is this single story? God redeeming us human beings, his creation. The paradise lost of Genesis becomes the paradise gained of Revelation. The gate to the tree of life in the book of Genesis is closed, yet it's open forever in Revelation. And redemption is the unifying thread. One theologian from a past called it the scarlet thread of redemption running through the Bible. Friends, redemption is just a fancy word for God's work of saving us fallen humans from our sins, forgiving us and transforming our lives to now live in his presence as our merciful and holy God. Through investigation, we learn that although the Bible's library contains 66 individual books by over 40 authors, it demonstrates by its continuity that it is also one book. Its 40-plus authors amazingly give a single perspective, God's will and plan for us fallen humans. The Bible is not just an anthology. There's a unity binding it all together. For example, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 say, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Second Timothy three fourteen through 17 say, As for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
And Second Peter 1, 16 through 21 say, We did not follow cleverly devised myths when we told you about the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Believe it or not, friends, the single leading character throughout the whole of the Bible is the one true living God, made known to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Well, let's take a moment and grasp how this book's been compiled. First, the initial revelation through the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament. The Law of Moses provides the foundation for Christ. The historical books show the preparation for Christ. The poetic books aspire to picture Christ. The prophetic books communicate an expectation of Christ. Second, the full and final revelation in our New Testament. The Gospels record the historical manifestation of Christ. Acts relates the propagation of Christ. The Epistles provide the interpretation of Christ. Revelation gives us the consummation of all things in Christ. Friends, these unique characteristics alone challenge any thinking person to give serious consideration to the fact that this uniqueness confirms the Bible's continuity. Remember that the goal of apologetics, or supplying a reasoned defense of our beliefs, is to help clear away obstacles to faith. And it's not a substitute for prayer, nor does it replace or undermine the work of the Holy Spirit, whose ministry is made clear in John 16, 7-11. Friends, after Josh McDowell's conversion from being an atheist and skeptic to becoming a true Christ follower, a representative for great books of the Western world that we talked about earlier, tried to recruit him as a salesman. Well, during that conversation, McDowell shared with the rep about the greatest book. He asked the rep to take just ten authors, all from different walks of life, one generation, one place, one time, one continent, one language, even one mood, and limit the discussion to choosing just one controversial subject. Then gather these findings and publish them in a book. McDowell asked, would all these authors agree? The rep said no. McDowell then asked him, what would you have? He replied, a mishmash. Well, friends, here's an anonymous literary work that marvelously describes in poetic manner the literary unity of the Bible. The Bible is a beautiful palace built out of 66 blocks of solid marble, the 66 books. In the first chapter of Genesis, we enter the vestibule, which is filled with the mighty acts of creation. This vestibule gives us access to the law courts, the five books of Moses, passing through which we come to the picture gallery of the historical books. Here we find hung upon the wall scenes of battlefields, representations of heroic deeds, and portraits of eminent people belonging to the early days of the world's history. Beyond the picture gallery, we find the philosopher's chamber, 
Job, passing through which we enter the music room, Psalms, where we listen to the grandest strains that ever fell on human ears. Then we come to the business office, Proverbs, where right in the center stands the motto, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. From the business office we pass into the chapel, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon, with the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, and fine perfume, fruits, flowers, and singing birds. Finally we reach the observatory, the prophets, with their telescopes fixed on near and distant stars, all directed toward the bright and morning star that would soon arise. Crossing the court, we come to the audience chamber of the king, the Gospels, where there's four vivid life portraits of the king. Next, we enter the workroom of the Holy Spirit, Acts, and beyond that, the correspondence room, the epistles, where Paul, Peter, James, John, and Jude are busy at their desks, their epistles open for all to study. Before leaving the palace, we stand for a moment in the outside gallery, Revelation where we find striking pictures of the judgments to come, the glories to be revealed, and concluding with an awe-inspiring picture of the throne room of the king. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, we're nearing the end of our program. I hope it's been inspiring and challenging. Please stick with us during this New Year series as I continue bringing evidence and multiple ways to defend our faith and our sacred book, the Bible. And as promised, we'll close our broadcast with an email where you may write me and share your feedback on these teachings or any teachings you've listened to. You may also inquire about helping fund a word from the word, which is listener-funded. Friends, I love coming alongside those of you without a church home or those of you who may have been hurt by the institutional church. Podcasts are easily accessible at faithtalk1360.com. Here, search the menu for local program podcasts. Or Spotify.com. Here, search for A Word from the Word with Pastor Tom. Also find us on Apple Podcasts. If these teachings are inspiring you to grow and study God's Word more carefully, please come alongside us and invest in the mission of A Word from the Word, which includes sharing the gospel, discipling those without a church home, even you who've been hurt by the institutional church. Please make a one-time contribution and or become a monthly partner this first month in the new year. It will help us move ahead in the black. Well, thanks for listening today, friends. And remember, Jesus loves you. I'm Pastor Tom with a word from the word. Friends, if you would like to let Pastor Tom know what this program has meant to you, email him at a word from the word at minister.com. That's a word from the word at minister.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.